Welcome everyone to Chat Central. I'm Sean. I'm JB. And I'm Shell. We're friends who chat about pop culture, politics, and everything in between. So grab a drink, get comfortable, and we hope that you enjoy our Chat Central podcast. Nothing is off limits. Well, welcome back, everyone, to episode 13 of Chat Central. I'm Shell. My friend JB, we're short one person. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't pay her phone bill. Well, her phone cuts out so much anyway, so it doesn't really feel like <laughs> we know the difference. <laughs> Tell the truth. Oh, Oh, so what you drinking on today? It's real cute outside. It's real summery down here. I don't know if it's like that in, you know, Chicago, but Mm-mm. it's like a um, <laughs> a nice windy temperature, 46 degrees. Um, <laughs> it is May. Right. We should be at warm temperatures, but it's cool. Um, the sun is out. It's just a little windy. You know, we're called the Windy City. For nothing, so um, <laughs> well, not for nothing. So, um, you know, if you still want to put some um, meat on the grill, you can <laughs> put a squat on, is what you're saying. Yeah, oh, God. what you uh, drinking on today? So, um, I just got something simple. Um, I got my red cup and I um, have vodka Sprite Zero, and then I put this. Um, this strawberry lime mixer inside of it. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. That sounds real good. I have some kiwi strawberry lemonade with this vodka I found called Pink Whitney. Have you ever seen it? Mm-mm. It's it's actually pink. Yeah, the vodka itself is a uh, pink lemonade infused vodka. It's, hold it, on, is that the one that's in the um? black bottle uh it got black writing on the front but it's in a clear bottle and the vodka is pink okay so i think i know what you're talking about because i've had so, that one before it is so good mm-hmm. <laughs> i like so it's a great great saturday for me so i figured well not i figured um you know, with a lot of things that's going on in the news and stuff like that, and, you know, even in our own lives, um, it's a good, I guess, time to talk about, like, mental health issues and stuff. I mean, it don't have to be too heavy, um, but I still think it's worth, you know, talking about. Yeah. Um, in essence. So, you know, mental health, there's varying degrees of it, right? Depending on like who you are, your background and like how you deal with stuff. So like, how do you personally deal with like any mental health, not necessarily crisis, but like instances or issues? Like, do you use resources? Do you call your friends? Do you avoid (laughs) and hope that whatever person like goes away or? Um, I think before just growing up, you know, in, in the black family, you're just always taught if you have any issues, any problems, you're feeling down or whatever, you mm-hmm. pray about it, pray your problems away. Okay. And then, you know, as I got older, you know, I would start to lean on friends and then certain family members. 
But Mm -hmm. then I think within this past year, it was the first time where I was just like, I'm going through something so heavy that I feel like the normal people that I would reach out to, I don't feel like that's enough. I need a professional. Mm -hmm. So then I reached out to a therapist. And at this time, it was like, you know, the virtual therapy. And um, that was even new for me because I don't even like to FaceTime. So I was just like... So you were out of your comfort zone. Oh, yeah. don't Two-sided. Two Two-sided. You were outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. So, like, you know, I'm uh, basically FaceTiming this person that, you know, I had never had a conversation with before. And then, you know, I'm supposed to tell all of my problems and issues. Sure. And, um, you know, surprisingly, it went well just because that the therapist opened the conversation up. It was just very natural and like it it just felt good like she she started off like a conversation it wasn't just like let me sit here and analyze you and you just tell me everything that you're going through it was um she was like you know well you know a lot of things tend to stem from your childhood and things like that so tell me some things about what happened in your childhood <laughs> like bitch you tricking me you yeah. tricking me but it, it was actually good you know before the end of the conversation was over I was like really boo-booing but it was um, a release it it was just because um we just talked about so many things you know i say for anybody who hasn't tried therapy out it's amazing Mm -hmm. like you know yeah you will open up so much more like they say you would be more comfortable opening up to a complete stranger sometimes Mm -hmm. than your close friends and family just because they don't have anything to gain from what you're telling them Mm-hmm. And you so, don't necessarily feel judged or feel like you can't be like your complete self out of fear of how like this person may see you. Like I believe in therapy. Um, I used to go to therapy. Uh, this was probably back in 2013 or 2014 because I had like really, really hard time coping with my last breakup and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. Like I realized I had like the choices that I was making were stemming from childhood issues, you know, mm-hmm. just like you said. And so like now fast forward, you know, seven, seven years later or whatever with my mom's passing. Um, I've had a hard time coping, but I'm in therapy every other Friday at one o'clock. Shout out to Amy. That's my therapist. Shout out to her. Um, And yeah, every other Friday. And it just you feel so much better because um, and tell me if you relate to this. There are things that you're feeling that you don't know how to quite put into words. Mm hmm. And then your therapist can kind of like tell you why, what you're feeling and why you may feel that way. But then my therapist also gives me like little tasks and homework and things, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of do to help me uh, through my process and stuff. And yeah. so I, I live for it. Now, I will say I do uh, phone therapy. So like I call her cell phone oh, okay. <laughs> and we'll talk because I did the virtual thing, but I was just feeling like I was crying and it was a lot. Sometimes my hair still be wrapped up. It's just a lot going on. I yeah. I mean <laughs> like this therapy, but I still need to be presentable. Um, <laughs> so let me talk about that part. So right. <laughs> so being that it was virtual, she was seeing everything that was going on around me in the background. 
So of course <laughs> I have, you know, two cats and then um they were kind of like doing their own thing. And then in my house, I don't know why, but my heater makes this loud as fucking oh. noise. So like every oh time my I would God. come on, like she couldn't hear me. I was like, hold on, excuse me, one more minute. <laughs> <laughs> You're disrupting so, your process. Right. I was like really into it and I'm trying to get the word and the message, but <laughs> I couldn't could. hear it because my heater kept cutting on. So yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> but um oh, I, God, I did so end up really liking it just because mm-hmm. even though um I wasn't with her in a physical sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it still went well. It was a natural flow. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I, it would have been harder for me to let go and let my guard down if I was, you know, with her personally. Really? Just, really? I, I think so. Just because, like, at least if I'm at home, it's my comfort zone. Okay, so even being in like an office or like, because the offices, the therapy offices, they they look like a room, you know, mm-hmm. like you sit on the sofa, they have pillows and all of that. So it still kind of feels warm and welcoming in a sense and stuff. But I'm curious. So when COVID is over and if you go, if you continue, I challenge you to go in and see if that makes a difference or not. Because I'm really curious. I, I'm curious to know how you would feel in that circumstance. Yeah, I mean, that's actually what I want. But, you know, being that I was forced to do um, the virtual therapy, I actually yeah. enjoyed it. Um, right. Just because, like, I was able to be at home, have my coffee, you know, just lay out on the floor. And it was just very normal. And it felt mm-hmm. good to just be in my own little bubble, mm-hmm. I guess. Right. And it's crazy because, like you mentioned, you know, Black people well let me go back the older generation of black people so these would be like our parents and our parents parents you know they're only telling us what they know this whole having the open dialogue about like your feelings and you know your mental state and even talking about the things you went through childhood and how they affect you as adults Mm -hmm. that's this is new territory yeah (laughs) Nobody ever did that, you know, before. And so I think as the generations progress, these conversations will actually be more prevalent and they'll occur more often because the stigma then becomes removed in essence. Yeah. Um, I will say um, just from my personal experience growing up in my family, a lot of things were not talked about at Mm -hmm. all. And -hmm. you didn't really hear those things come out that people were going through until mm-hmm. there were like there was like alcohol involved and everything <laughs> comes up when you start drinking or you have a party mm-hmm. and you feel like you've reached your breaking point and you just want to let some stuff off your chest right so um yeah we never really talked about personal feelings in my family i know with my mom's side you know things that happen in her family everything is just like packed away mm-hmm. and then it just kind of like layers on the next generation Mm -hmm. and because we've been taught so much not to express our feelings you know that just keeps carrying over Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah with my dad's side you know um he never told me really much about any of his family so i'm sure there are like 
things that they've probably experienced as far as mental health and um, things they've gone through that I'm not aware of that I could probably relate to, but because I don't know anybody, I just, you know. And you know what? It also would explain the decisions that our parents have made too, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we just see the end result, but if we understood why our parents made the decisions that they made, what they were faced with, what they were going through, we could probably be a bit more understanding. But you know, I think that um, our parents don't really know how to get things like that out. Oh no, they don't. They don't have the tools. Yeah, they don't have the tools. Like now, we're fortunate. We have yeah. these cell phones. You can go online and you see people like Charlemagne or whoever else talking about like their mental health experiences and stuff like that. It, it's okay now. Like there's been some stamp of approval yeah. in essence, and so. So let me ask you as a black man, right? Do you feel like your health concerns, like your mental health concerns are equivalent to that of your counterparts? And I'll give you an example. Like, you know, you're a black man, you know, uh, you get pulled over by the police and stuff or just going into a store or, you know, just some of the normal day-to-day things that someone else of a different race may not, consider or even fathom or think about Mm -hmm. do you feel like those things do more to your mental and cause more stress and stuff or do you not really do even think about it in essence in your day-to-day um i'll say two parts about it i think for a long time and you know i may be wrong to say this you know certain things or issues that have happened in the past a long time ago you know i wouldn't really think about it too much just because you know i was younger and i was just like you know okay this is just the world for what it is but as you get older you know and you start to experience certain things that's when a different side of you know the world starts to come to you and I think for other races, you know, if you go in the store and somebody profiles you, it's just kind of like another day, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But with the black man, I think that it's so you like, become so accustomed to it, like it doesn't even. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. part of the routine. It's just yeah. part of the day. Okay, and that's a scary place to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, even when we talk about. Um, Black Lives Matter and, you know, there's another shooting, you know, of police brutality, mm-hmm. you know, that happens from week to week. It happens so much. You get to the place where, and I actually said this to you and Sean um, through our text conversation, it happens so much that you're just like, well, okay, unfortunately, it's just like you get used to it. And you become and immune to it. Yeah, like it doesn't feel like you're shocked anymore because it's just so such a norm. It's actually, we're anticip- not anticipating, but we know this is not the last one. It's not the first one. It's one of many, and it's certainly not going to be the last one. It's just another story. Okay, what are the details of this non-isolated story? Yeah, and I think you used the right word. We're just anticipating because we haven't reached that place where we feel safe and comfortable enough to know that this is not something that's going to continue to happen. So you anticipate the next event. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just now, you know, with 
the George Floyd um, incident, you've seen where people are actually held accountable for their actions. But then that kind of makes me question, like, is this just something that they use just to kind of like shut us up? So it's definitely that. Yeah. So we it's won't complain that. anymore. Or is this, you know, actually us getting to a better place? Right. No, we're not getting anywhere. Yeah. It's a, this is, we're not getting anywhere because we have to remember that this is still America with three K's. Right. right. Yeah. And so the thing is, I'll give you a prime example. We live in a place that's founded on uh, colonialism and, you know, taking from people and trying to have as much as we can. That's what capitalism is, right? Mm -hmm. In the suit of profit. I remember last year when all these companies start changing their little Facebook logos to like Black Lives Matter and all this other kind of dumb shit and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I call it dumb shit because it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like when I still like Nike, I can use Nike. I can use any company you can think of. Mm -hmm. If I go and I look at your board of directors and I see all white men or I see some white men and some Asian men, and I may see like one brother, kind of, but not really. To me, that's what speaks volumes. I don't care what you change your social media logo to. But notice, they always put a black person in the forefront just to kind of gain people, recruit people <laughs> in. Right, and, because and, we're and stupid. All, yeah, and oftentimes, I don't even think that person plays the role that they're playing, but they just use no. that person as a puppet to bring people in. Not at all, because they know that we're stupid. They mm -hmm. know that we're dumb. Look yeah. at Nike. Look at Nike, right? Mm -hmm. Nike made an all-black jersey with Colin Kaepernick's name on the back of it, mm. right? That man was not even able to make money on his own name because the NFL owns it. They own his last name and his number. Yeah. But Nike gets the benefit off of it. But who bought that shit, though? We did. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was nice though. Did you see the jersey? God, that I shit was nice. It. <laughs> oh, it's crispy, baby. It's weird. They know exactly how to market to a nigga boy. Oh, mm -hmm. it was nice. But um, yeah, so it's it's unfortunate that you know, with all these things that have happened, we we just done got immune to it. We're just trying yeah. to live the life that you know we can um and make it <laughs> to the next day, yeah. which is so that's <laughs> and that brings me to like my next question. Do we really take mental health issues as seriously as we should? Like, do do we really care? Do people really care? Oftentimes I don't even think that people are aware of the mental issues that they have. Like you may have um anxiety a history of anxiety or depression, or you may even have people who are bipolar in your family and you not you may not even know these things but mm. because you're not aware of it you think you're just having a bad day and we don't take the time as a community to go get our ourselves checked out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's just a pattern of what we were taught you know even you know when I was younger and I got sick you know I never really just went to the hospital like that Everybody ain't trying to take you to the doctor. They trying to tell you to go drink some Robitussin and go lay down. Listen, look, mama ain't trying to get that bill. 
<laughs> well, that's because <laughs> we don't have. That's because we don't have no coverage. Because mm-hmm. we and don't have it. insurance like that. It's yeah. you know we talk, that's a we talking about a whole socioeconomic you know issue that has shaped how we think and how we behave, which has led us to the point where we are. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's real, D. Jonathan. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Okay, so. With all the things that are going on or things that have happened, I'll give you an example, like the Robin Williams suicide, right? Because one of the funniest men, you know, on this planet couldn't make it through the day to where he took his own life, right? Mm-hmm. Or even, um, I don't know if you know or read about Tyler Clemente. The, mm-hmm. uh, okay, so there was a guy that was, this was years ago, Jonathan, there was a guy, he was at Rutgers University or whatever, and I think he was in, he was closeted, but he had a sexual situation like with another student or whatever, and like one of the, his his roommate like recorded it and kind of like shamed him about it, mm-hmm. and he ended up killing himself because like the weight of like what happened, he just couldn't. He couldn't see past what was happening right then. He had no, he couldn't see that there would be a brighter day beyond this and that this too shall pass, right? Yeah. No resources or anything. And so that's why I come, I asked the question, does society really care? So when you see someone in your circle who may not be doing well mentally, do you care? Do you really check up on them? When somebody posts something cryptic on Facebook, do you just put the praying hand emojis and keep scrolling? Like, what's the... <laughs> well, it's kind of like the um, <laughs> the, the cliche of when somebody says they're going through whatever, and then you say, I'll pray for you. Do you Child, really pray for that person? Like, <laughs> I'm so sick of that. Oh my God, I hate when people say that. Like, people mm-hmm. text me and they'll ask me, Here's the thing, Jonathan. Okay, so you know my mom died. Mm-hmm. And people people mean well. I, I don't want to take that from anybody mm-hmm. because I've been that person too. And sometimes you don't know what something really feels like until you've walked that path, you've walked that journey yourself. Right. But I get the, hey, Mary, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. My initial response is life is trash. Life sucks. I'm mm-hmm. lonely in this world. I don't have my mama no more. Right. That ain't really what people, people don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. People don't want to, that's just like asking how so how are you today you're expecting them just to say fine you're not right. really wanting them to say man i don't know how i'm gonna make the mortgage this month i have a lot on my shoulders i haven't gotten a paycheck they get ready to cut off unemployment like i don't know how my family's gonna eat like the things that really weigh down on people mentally other people really don't want to hear about it not in my opinion not for real Unless yeah. you're maybe like you're a genuine friend like you and Sean and you know some of my other friends, Granna, uh, Cool Raina and them, like when they when you guys ask me how I'm doing, I know I can be genuinely honest with you. But the rest of these motherfuckers, when people ask, they don't really give a fuck for real. They don't yeah. for real. I mean, I just think that um, when, when I hear things like that, if someone tells me, um, you know, hey, I'm not doing good, you know, such and such is really bothering me. I really take it a point to either call that person or continue the conversation through text. Mm -hmm. Just because I know that, you know, even if you can't physically help somebody, the fact that you're having conversation with them and they're able to get their feelings and thoughts out, 
that does way more than mm-hmm. what you could ever physically do for somebody mm-hmm. because they feel like they have somebody to vent to. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, by the time you finish a conversation with a person or, you know, you have this text exchange, you know, depending on what the person is on the other end is saying, then you just will feel so much better and like a weight will be lifted. You may still have your same issues, but at least you feel like you've gotten some things off your chest. You had some kind of relief yeah. and release. So, so do well, you take it seriously? Oh, no, go ahead and I'll ask the next question. Well, I was just going to go back to um, your initial um, question that you asked. I guess you were comparing like races, like in how they deal with mental health right. issues. Yeah. So yeah. Um, when you brought up Robin Williams, um, when that it comes so to it, it was sad, but in a way, and I may be wrong to feel this way. Probably not. I I, I really don't. White feel folks sorry don't know how to deal with shit. White people, right? I don't. I really don't feel sorry for white people in his circumstances because you have fame, you have wealth, you have um, resources, privilege, you have resources, resources, mm-hmm. and I just don't feel like with all that you have. You can just wake up one day and say, "Oh, this is it. I just want to take my life. I don't have." But anything you know, else white people me. don't. You know, white people don't know how to cope. Look, I'm. I'm gonna keep it a book. I'm gonna keep it a whole book. In 2008, you had these white folks jumping off ledges, about to kill themselves. These motherfuckers lost their job and didn't know how to fucking react. And black mm-hmm. folks sitting up here like today is just Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> look, cause you know day. why black people gonna push some bills back. <laughs> if it, if we can't pay it, we ain't gonna pay it. <laughs> Tell the truth. What you can't take blood from a turnip? What are we talking Shoot. about here? You can call me all damn day. You mm-hmm. the bill collector call you and be like, so Susie, we you gonna make a payment? Hell, I don't know. You tell me. Right, and we, we don't use find the out system together. just like they use us. And I mm-hmm. think the the biggest um, difference between black culture and other races is the fact right. that you know we've survived things like slavery mm-hmm. and talk about it racism and segregation so mm-hmm. all of those things have built us to be what we are today and you know mm-hmm. though that strength that we got from our ancestors has been passed down to us so mm-hmm. we don't stress over small things you know what i need you to say that say that again I want you to say that again, but a little bit more emphasis. Well, okay. Well, I'll say this. Based on the things that we've experienced over time from our generations and our ancestors, Mm -hmm. they prepared us for what we have to endure today. So the small things that a normal person would stress out over, we don't really stress over just because we've been through so much to where it's going to get us through whatever we're Mm -hmm. going through today. And that's the reason why I wanted you to reiterate that, Jonathan, because we stand on the backs and the shoulders of a long list of people before us, right? That made it so that white people, Asian people, and whoever the fuck else in this country could live the lives that they lead because it's off the blood of our ancestors, right? Yeah. And so... We have this tremendous responsibility to keep moving forward. 
despite what is going on in our lives, despite the lack of funds in the bank account, despite the trials and tribulations, uh, Keisha don't get to try to figure life out if her husband left her and she got four mouths to feed. Okay. But, but Becky can. Yeah. Becky don't know what the fuck to do. And so I think that's kind of why we view mental health the way that we do. I'm not going to say that we don't take it seriously, but in our culture, it always could be worse, yeah. right? And you have all of this to be grateful for. Get it the fuck together and keep moving forward. Well, that's one thing my mom always taught me. You know, whenever I was going through something or just like you go through life in general, you uh -huh. know, she always said, you know, there are other people out here who are going through so many other things mm -hmm. worse off than what you're going through. Mm -hmm. So, and you think about where you are today, like, and I always think about this, like, honestly, like whenever I'm going through like personal issues myself, like, I think about, think about what people like Harriet Tubman had to go through, what right. Dr. King had to go through, like this, the, the Minor stuff that we go through today is nothing compared to what they Nothing. Do. Absolutely like, nothing. We sitting up here in our bougie-ass cars, our bougie-ass, you know, $60,000, $70,000 year jobs or whatever. You got your nice house with your central AC and shit like that. What the fuck are we really complaining about? Yeah. I mean, not to discredit, you know, Black Lives Matter, the movement, and take away from that. But, you know, even before all of that came into play, like, the only thing we were really worrying about is like credit scores and like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mortgages and things like that. So we don't even have much to complain about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yep. I think if we take, you know, certain tools and information that, you know, people before us have given us and they've gone through, man, like, do you imagine like what we could do with that? Like if we really just stuck together as a people. You know and... what I be telling you. know what I be saying. People don't care for real. You really care if you really if you ready to pack the fuck up, take your money out these white ass banks, quit your little job where you work for this big multi-trillion dollar corporation, quit everybody that got brown skin, pack the fuck up and leave this country. Yeah. But who really willing to do that? Nobody. Yeah, and even if you aren't like committed to like leaving a country like there's nothing more powerful than a group of people coming together standing together for a specific reason and saying that we will not support you or support this business until you do better right but we're not really willing to do that though yeah look at look at jay-z he's one of the best examples that i can use he sat up here, put this music out, talked trash about the NFL or whatever. And then the following year, he's sitting up here doing deals with Roger Goodell and the whole fucking like uh, network and shit. It's all about that dollar bill. Right. So until people stop caring about that and care about the movement itself, we're going to forever, you know, be at this standstill, which to me plays another part into mental health. The conversation has now changed from that to, oh, it's too much. This is what I'm going through. And some of the shit that we talk about are not even like real issues, because like you said, it's always somebody that's going through something bigger and greater. Mm hmm. Yeah. And everything. Absolutely. So like, have you ever dealt with like a mental health concern with like a real close friend, like a or real close 
family member, like where you work with them or kind of help them or talk to them through like an ongoing like situation and stuff? Or has, has it just been kind of vast or you had your closest friends and closest family don't really talk about stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, like I was saying before, um, I just think that we're taught to not discuss things. You know, and of course, I can specifically only speak on my family and um, the relationship that I've had with them or the experience that I've had with them. But, you know, from what I've seen and just, you know, things I've listened to from other people, we just don't really deal with things head on in the black community. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember um, talking to um, a particular person yesterday and this person was um, sharing all of their frustration with me just about life and I was like well why don't you really just like reach out to a therapist because it seems like you just have a lot on your shoulders and maybe Mm. it would be good for you to talk to somebody and Mm. that person specifically said to me no person no single person can help me only God can help me and I was like yeah that goes right back to what I was saying (laughs) that's the damn problem right there we put a lot into religion and, you know, not taking anything from religion and spirituality, because I think that's great. And that's important. Well, religion, you know? that, it's all hope. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep it a book. What religion and spirituality are, not necessarily spirituality. Let me go back to religion because we're talking about organized religion at that point. Mm-hmm. That's hope. That's something that gives the heart something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have hope, then you will constantly live and walk in despair and stuff. Or and, mm-hmm. you will walk into a place where you feel like, how can I put this? Um, it, it, it's kind of like walking into darkness, but then because somebody is telling you what you're supposed to believe, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Child, tell the truth, shame the devil behind it because it's it's in all of this despair that's going on. You know, I'll say with the COVID epidemic, you got I think it's like nine hundred thousand people that have lost their lives and all this stuff. Ain't no religion making me feel better right now. Yeah. Period. Point blank. Can't nobody, can't no religion explain to me why my mama, what's different between Susie mama and my mama. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And there's no comfort in that and no words. Nothing is going to make me feel better. Maybe it'll give me hope that my mom is at peace and her soul is at peace. But while I'm here on this good, on this good green earth, I need a therapist to help me work through my a- grief absolutely. and my issues so I can function for day to day. That's why I say if you have the resources, you have the benefits, like seek a therapist. Like, mm-hmm. and that's why, you know, um, in the black community, we go along in life with so many issues just because we don't take the time to really use the things that we have around us right or we spend our energy on shit that don't really get to the root of our issues man but i can't blame people just because it's what we've been taught Mm -hmm. like like i said earlier i was taught not to go to the doctor early on just because you knew that if when you were sick when you were younger and you went to the doctor you put it in your mind at an early age that that was going to cause your parents to encounter debt and that was going to bring a bill into mm-hmm. the house. Stress. Yeah. 
that were put onto the family and that would take away money out of the house. It's a whole, it's conditioning. It's, yeah. it's conditioning that parents don't even realize that it's creating. Man. And that, tra- that trauma can go either way. Right, mm-hmm. you could because then you could turn it to the person that runs to the doctor every time, which is me. Yeah. Right, so me, I if my elbow hurt, nigga, I'm going to the doctor. And Listen, she- <laughs> I, I just went to the doctor, I kid you not, yesterday for a colonoscopy <laughs> because I've always Wait, been you ain't old enough. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let, hear me out. So, when I was younger, like I, I was believed, I was always taught to believe that. At 35 or after 35, a man is supposed to get a colonoscopy. So I set the the appointment before I did all of my research. And then I did the research and I'm like, 45, 50, that's when you're (laughs) supposed to get it. So I was like, okay, I already made the appointment. Let me just follow through with it. So I went there. um, The doctor said, well, how old are you? I was like, well, I'm 36. So it's like, well, you're like nine years early. So um, <laughs> not today. Yeah, he's like, so come see me in nine years. <laughs> Since you're here, let's check out your blood pressure, your cholesterol. The stuff other- that really matters yeah. that you need to be doing every year. Yeah, but you know, you know, kudos to myself for just wanting to, you know, find out things about myself. Just wait because. a minute. Wait a minute. Let's go back. Kudos to you for taking the time to have employment that comes with benefits and the things that we should be valuing. Baby, listen. <laughs> Start take like go go take it there. <laughs> well, let me say this. Um, I'm so appreciative of the benefits that I have. And I remember, um, you know, we talked about therapy uh, during the early part of the episode, uh, but there was a point where I was going to therapy and it had to be cut off just because I got furloughed and I couldn't continue it. So I'm so mm-hmm. glad that those benefits are reinstated just because I feel like it's so important. And, mm-hmm. you know, every day I feel like it's still a struggle. You know, you never know when you're going to have a dark moment or you're going to have a moment where you just feel down about yourself so i'm just grateful for my health benefits mm-hmm. dental benefits I, I don't have vision problems mm-hmm. but i'm grateful for that too no that it's a, it's a thing like the uh, the the entire trifecta right we don't put enough emphasis as a community on these things because mm-hmm. we didn't have my mama had medicaid you know mm-hmm. um I probably my vision is probably as poor as it is is because as a child, I didn't get glasses probably when I was supposed to. There weren't annual eye exams and stuff. That's extra. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, so. Well, it's, let me tell you this. Um, mm-hmm. I remember I didn't get my first um, dental exam to about 21. And that was just because I was on my dad's benefits. And, mm-hmm. you know, when he took me to the dentist, I was like, you know, my dad has like a little money, you know, but right. that's just because I didn't know about like, you know, uh, benefits and, you know, dental insurance yeah, and things child, like that. You don't understand. You don't understand those things as a child. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, everything is just like a learned history. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, and some of these things lessen the load so you can go out in this life and anything could happen 
thank goodness you'll be able to sleep on a mattress in a hospital bed and stuff with some, okay. you know, um, the lessen the load of having a decent income and going to walk through the grocery store and pick out whatever you want. I was telling my husband the other day, there's a reason why I don't take a list of the grocery store. Mm. And it's built out of childhood mental trauma of mm. remembering we got we got food stamps on the first or whatever the third whatever the day was we yep. had so much to last us through the, through the month at the end one no money left over Jonathan I remember one time going to the grocery store with my mama and the food stamps didn't load mm -hmm. we had walked through the grocery store had this big old cart of food and everything and stuff they ringing up everything and my mama food stamp card didn't work we mm -hmm. had to leave the groceries there like mm. that, as a child, that's that's very hard. I still yeah. carry that stuff now, which mm -hmm. is why if somebody I ain't got no food budget. I picked, I throws the shit in the fucking cart. Whatever I want, I come out and I don't care. Listen, and, and I'm I'm so glad that you brought that up, just because I was I was telling Mark about um, this the other day. Like mm -hmm. certain things that you experience with your parents in mm -hmm. childhood they really shape you as an adult wholeheartedly a hundred percent and people ask like why i'm so why i'm so frugal and why i'm so cheap why i'm so careful with how i spend my money just because i've been through situations with my parents where we've had to live in to live in motels uh we've had to live with other family members and mm -hmm. because of all of that i don't want to be in that position to where mm -hmm. i feel like i have to depend on somebody else so it's i'm very trouble. careful with how mm -hmm. i spend my money so mm -hmm. I know what I need to put away and how much I need to spend at a certain time. So when I want to have those times where I want to have fun, hang out, whatever, whatever, I have a certain amount set aside to where if mm -hmm. I spend it, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Because Definitely. I know that I don't want to be in a position where I got to feel like I'm in need. Because for every action that happens to us in our lives and our childhoods, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. Sometimes that reaction can go the same way. Sometimes the reaction pushes you way to the left. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you could be on other uh, on either side of it, but um, either way, it is good to know that we can openly talk about, you know, what our feelings are, whatever is going on. I will, I'll go ahead and say this. Um, I told my therapist the other day, this outlet that I have with her and like how supportive you guys have been, like as far as my friends and family and stuff, it's the reason that I'm not suicidal. Yeah. Because to wake up on a Monday you know, with all these expectations for the day and then for your mom to be dead at the end of the day with no no pre-warning, no precursor, no nothing. And being me being an only child, me and my mom, we talk every day very close. Mm -hmm. It's enough for me to like, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But having the outlets and being able to feel okay. I feel okay with openly saying, I am not okay today. Mm -hmm. I'm not okay in this moment. And being comfortable enough to have that dialogue in, or even having conversations like this is what makes it better. But you know what? One thing I will say, and you know, I apply it to myself and just the Black, men, black community in general, sure. we don't give ourselves permission to not be okay. Yeah. 
because you always feel like you have to put on a smile. You have to always be okay. So you won't seem like the angry black woman or the angry mm-hmm. black man, especially right. in, a, in the workplace. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember so many times where, you know, I came on a plane and I was just like over it, not feeling good at all as far as like a mental space. But mm-hmm. because I didn't want to feel like I'm that person who's just like rude or angry or, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I just kind of put on a fake smile and, you know, went about my day. But then when I got to the hotel or when I got back at home, I broke down. Mm-hmm. So. Mm, 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 mm. Man, <laughs> what what a journey. Um, yeah. Something to be said for us to be having this conversation um, right now. And for anybody um, that's listening to us um, today or even a year from now, how long this content is up, uh, I think, Jonathan, you would join me in, you know, saying we encourage you to talk about whatever it is that you're feeling. Reach out to a therapist. Reach out to somebody outside of um, your comfort zone <laughs> because yeah. there's always someone that can relate to what you're feeling. There are six billion people in this world. Yeah. Surely someone can help you walk you, talk you um, through whatever you're feeling so that you can get to the other side of that. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say that even if you haven't gotten to the point of feeling like you want to reach out to a therapist, um, find somebody that is close enough to you to where you feel vulnerable and you can have that open communication and share your feelings and thoughts with. Because oftentimes Mm -hmm. we just bottle so much in and then Mm -hmm. it just kind of spills out later on in life right but i do think that it's important to talk to somebody with the proper tools to get you through whatever you're going through just because yeah the the person even though i recommend a friend you know the person that you're talking to as a friend they may not even have enough knowledge as to what you're going moment to get you to the next level right and there's some things you know jonathan we're really good friends I can, I will listen to you. I can give you all the advice in the world, but sometimes the advice that I'm giving you is not necessarily what you need because yeah. that's not my that's not my specialty. Mm-hmm. I don't know other things to give you to think about. I don't have the tools. I don't know the resources. Yeah. You know what I mean? And anyone in a professional space, whether they're in a spiritual space uh, with resources or a scientific space, <laughs> a yeah, research yeah. space with resources, any of that it is better than just sitting and coping and trying to figure it out on your own. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of Chat Central and um we have something real good to talk about on the next one. I'm looking at the <laughs> at our rolling notes yeah. um, for next one. Yeah, this this is gonna be good. So you guys definitely have to check out the next episode. Um, I think uh, one thing I I just want to add before we leave, um, we sure. really try to offer episodes and topics that everyone can relate to. You know, things that we're going through in our personal lives and that we've experienced, and also that our listeners have gone through themselves so you can just relate to what we're talking about, you know, real life issues and topics. So 
Um, we got a lot of great things in store for the next future episode. So we hope that you stay with us and continue to listen with us because it's going to be good. It is. And you know what? We all have way more in common than we think. Absolutely. Definitely. All right, guys. On the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.